This is episode 17 of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now, after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say I support my family with the income from my online piano course. I'm also joined today, as usual, by Nate Dodson, who's working on his own online course. Hey, Nate. How's it going? It is going, man. I feel I feel like a new man. My baby girl slept for seven hours last night. Holy cow. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm proud of her, and I'm very thankful to her that she did that last night. That's definitely a record for her. Wow. No kidding. Seven hours straight, huh? Yeah. She just, um, she's a little over one month now. So it's, uh, it's funny because my first daughter slept for like eight hours at like two and a half weeks old and, and never stopped. And so this one, while she's a great sleeper, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Be like your sister. Yeah. Our Everett's never slept for seven hours ever. Oh my goodness. I don't envy that. He, nur- he nurses several times in the middle of the night. Wow. So, uh, back at it, talking about online courses, Nate, and today we're going to be focusing in on fear and overwhelm when you are working on your online course, launching your online course, everything to go along with that. It's a, it's going to be an interesting topic. I think it was your suggestion and I appreciate that. Yeah. So, I don't know about you, but I'm working on an online course right now. And uh, so, I've got a little bit of that and I can definitely speak to these points and I can speak to it as in terms of, you know, things I'm going through right now, but also things I went through several years ago when I was putting together my first online course. Uh, but I will say that putting together putting together an online course is a lot of fun. And now that I've done it once already, uh, it's it's a whole lot easier. And, you know, it kind of feels like, you know, you're familiar with the movie The Matrix? Yeah, somewhat. I fell asleep during it in the movie theater. And that's the last time you've seen it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's one of my favorite movies. I actually watched it, rewatched it um, the latest time a couple weeks ago. But you know how they, they kind of hook you up to the computer or whatever, and they can inject uh, knowledge really quickly? I kind of feel like... I I just I've been injected into that and I've got all this online course knowledge and now that I'm putting together another one it's just coming so much easier. Yeah. I can't tell you how much I struggled the first go round. I mean months and months and months there's just there's a lot of more information out there, good information on online courses today than there was back in 2013. But man, I spent probably 10 hours researching where to host my freaking videos, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's just uh that's just un. That's just so such wasted time. So I'm feeling pretty good about this course. And are you working on some courses too? Yeah, I am. I'm working on. A, I'm trying to figure out which one to go forward with. I've I've tested um, the demand for a couple of them for a small sample size and see if people are wanting to buy into it. And just starting to like work on both of them a little bit and see which one I feel real called to do and I feel excited more excited about. And I'm going to probably just go forth through there because it was a similar response on both of them. So. Sounds like you need to do both. Yeah. Oh, I will do both for sure. Just a matter of time. Okay. So, are you personally dealing with some fear and overwhelm at the moment with this stuff? Yeah. Def- oh, around that stuff, definitely. Yeah. Overwhelm mostly. Not a whole lot of fear, but overwhelm mostly, and a uh, little bit of fear around you know whether whether it'll be great and actually deliver results, that type of thing. Right. Okay. So, where where do you think the source of overwhelm is coming from? Oh man, it, that's mostly just comes from having so many different options of things I can do in my business right now. So many opportunities. It's like opportunity overwhelm. 
I mean, there's three like major products that I know I could launch. I've got other ideas for stuff that I could put out to my list. I could be doing YouTube videos, blog posts, um, nurturing the community in the Facebook group, um, start my farmsandhomesteads.com and start making those videos and using that to sell microgreens farmer. Man, there's just so many freaking opportunities and I, uh, I sometimes just get stuck in the planning. I enjoy planning, but I just, it's hard to get that ball rolling sometimes when you just, some days you don't feel like dealing with one thing, but you're excited about something else. And I just always struggle with that jumping around syndrome. Do you ever feel like because you have so much, so much opportunity, which, you know, opportunity certainly isn't a bad thing, but because there's so much, you don't even get started or you don't move forward very fast at all. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel that way too. Or sometimes you, you know what you, you kind of, there's one thing that you want to do, but there's so many steps to get there that it's hard to get started with that first step. You ever feel like that? Yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll get started with the first step a lot of times Mm -hmm. or the first few steps and then I'll get bogged down like a little ways into it. It's my, my main thing. Yeah, absolutely. So we did, you know, we, we, we did a deep dive into that book, the one thing, and I think that really applies here. Yeah. And specifically that reminds me of the topic of goal setting to the now that he talked about in that book, which was, Think about the, if, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like, think about whatever the end goal is. And then it, once you have that in your mind, okay, what is the one thing you can focus on right now to get you closer to that goal? And I think that's important because if you don't do that, then you're going to be thinking about 20 things right now. And that one thing you should be doing is really going to suffer. So you've got to, you got to focus on that one thing, do it now, and then do the exercise again. Okay. Bring that goal to mind. Okay. Now what's the new one thing I need to be doing right now? And so that's definitely the process I've been going through. I've been thinking a lot about that book as I've been going through putting my new course together, because even though I know what I'm doing, and I mean, I'm literally putting an online course together about putting online courses together. So um, I have a plan, step-by-step plan that I'm, I'm following my own plan to put this together. And, uh, and it, it still could be overwhelming, but I have to really, really remind myself, okay, one thing at a time today in this moment, I'm focusing on, um, these three, you know, the three pre-launch videos and I'm going to focus on that until it's done. And then once that's done, I'm going to focus on writing emails. And then once that's done, I'm going to be focused on building web pages and so on. It's really hard to, um, to do that. It's really easy to say, oh my gosh, I have to do this, 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 I have to, you know, outline the course and I have to. Um, all these videos I have to record and some of it I'm going to be on camera and I'm going to have two camera shots. And But it's just, um, it's it's way more harm than good to do that. And so I think that I'm really glad we went through that book because uh, it's really helping me personally a lot right now. Absolutely. So do you think you're going to be able to power through this or what? <laughs> Eventually I will. I, I, I feel like I always go through these cycles of like low productivity and then really high productivity. I've just kind of realized that about myself and uh, sometimes it feels like an excuse to, to give myself that break and let it come naturally. But man, it really it really does work if I just kind of trust it. And I'll go through a period of really high productivity for several days in a row. And I can like put out a whole course in a few days and like build the whole thing. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, sometimes I just kind of waiting on that inspiration a little bit and trying to enjoy the the freedom that I have from making sales already automated and, you know, that type of situation. I think in, in your case, um, you're dealing with a few things. And one of the things is like, okay, what, 
what even big goal should I focus on? And you've just got to, you've got to make a decision and stick with it. Yeah. You can't make a decision and then go back on it and be like, well, maybe I should have done this, whatever, make a decision and then press forward. And then once you do that, what I found that works really well, are you familiar with Parkinson's law? I think that's what it's called. Uh, not really. It's the, it's the one that says something to this effect. It's like, the, the time required to do something expands to fill whatever time you give it, right? Yeah. So it's that whole concept of like, if you have, um, if you're in school and you have a paper due and you've got a week to do it, well, you could spend that week, you know, quote unquote, working on it. But if you save it for the last night before it's due and you work on it for several hours that night, um, you're going to get it done because there's a very specific deadline and you're going to get it done. And so... What I've done with my course is I put a schedule together. I mean, I've got a project management background, so that's really easy for me to do, but I put a schedule together and it's a very, very aggressive schedule, but I know Parkinson's law and I believe in it. And I know that I could give myself six months to put this course together and it would probably be the same course, uh, if not worse, if I gave myself, you know, three weeks to put it together. Yeah, but how do you, it's, it's an artificial constraint. So how do you actually, Believe that and follow that. Nothing's going to happen if you don't meet those deadlines. <laughs> well, there are things you could do and it depends what type of person you are. I know there's like, there's, there's, there's websites and software that you can use for accountability to where if you don't hit whatever goal, then they, you have to like donate to a, to a charity you hate or something like donate to the KKK or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you could do that. Um, I've done that when I was working on my, trying to get my diet dialed in for 30 days. I actually contacted one of my old, real old friends in high, high school that blows his money on the stupidest stuff constantly, just booze and cigarettes. And I know that he's the last person I want to give my hard-earned money to. So I told him every day I'm going to write down what I ate. And if I didn't follow these requirements, I had to give you 50 bucks. And, and it worked like a charm. And you never had to give him 50 bucks, did you? I did like once or twice because I had to report it by a certain time. And I just forgot those days. But yeah. That's um. You just have to figure out what type of person you are, and yet you're right. Those are artificial constraints, but um, there's a reason that I set the timetable I did. I'm looking forward to launching this and making some additional income from this, helping some more people from this, and really getting um. You know, I've, I've since launching this podcast, people are asking me for more resources on this stuff because I don't have a course yet, and putting an online course together, it's great to have an online course to go by to do that, right? And I think there's a demand for this. And, um, and, and so that's motivating. Another thing that's really on my mind lately is within the past week, I read a book called Presuasion. Have you heard of that book? Yeah, I've heard of that. Okay. So, uh, the author Robert Cialdini or something, he wrote Influence. Do you, you're looking up. Are you looking at your bookshelf? Yeah. I, 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 maybe I started reading that one from the library, the Presuasion, but I think I've, I have read Influence too. Yeah, influence is his big book. It's um, it's obviously about influence and the and some tactics and tricks and things psychologically you can do to influence people. And uh, it really caught on in like the business and sales and marketing community because a lot of selling and marketing and everything is about trying to influence people. Well, his newest book is called Persuasion, and he says, okay, these the, here's some things you can do even before like the interaction or whatever. Um, to set things up. And so he he gave an example, like um, somebody came up to his door asking for money for some cause for children. And 
he said that the guy's pitch wasn't very good. The message wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't a very good salesman. He wasn't very convincing. He wasn't very influential. Yet I gave him the money anyway. And you know why I gave him the money? Is because he brought his seven-year-old daughter with him. Because that was something that occurred before the interaction even happened. He saw that the, there was the little girl there and that set the frame of, mind, frame of mind for him about kids and how important they are and things like that. Um, and there's a lot of examples like that in the book. And so, you know, one thing I did, um, and, and this was actually one of his suggestions is like, you know, putting a picture of something um, at your desk that motivates you. Um, so that you kind of see it right before you start working and things like that. So right now the desktop, uh, the, the wallpaper on my desktop is just my wife and two daughters. Um, and so every time I begin working, that's the first thing I see. And there, you know, I want to, um, I want to create a good life for them. I want to continue to earn passive income so that I can spend more time with them. Yeah. And so this is a very roundabout way of saying, for me, this is what helps me uh, reach an artificial deadline. Yeah, I just, uh, I have a very low lifestyle. It's uh, very inexpensive and I've earned a lot more than usual this last year and have a lot of money saved. And that like causes me to be a little less motivated, like, um, uh, I kind of feel a little rushed sometimes because I haven't put out a, a new course. I guess it's been, you know, a year since I made my course originally. So I haven't really made any products since then. So sometimes I start to feel like, man, I just need to get something out there. Uh, and then I'm like, but life is really great right now. You know, I don't feel there, there actually isn't any rush. What is the rush? Like, it just has to come from a place of passion for me. And I have trouble with those cons putting those things, those constraints in place and like actually making it happen. I don't know. It, it worked pretty well when you were coaching me. I have, I have to say uh, in the beginning to get this funnel put out. Um, but now that, that this funnel's cranking out sales, it's, you know, I'm earning way more than I, I have in, in the past. It's, it's like um, in permaculture, they talk about this concept of enough, like what is enough? And if you're, sometimes you feel like you're striving too much in life, you don't, you don't feel as fulfilled. I don't know. That's, it's just like, for me, it's these deeper, kind of these deeper uh, philosophical issues that I struggle with, but also just, you know, distraction and, and procrastination and all those issues. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. And you've, um, you know, you've really set yourself up for, uh, you know, lifestyle design and all that. You're doing the things that you want to do and you want you, you, your family wants to do. And, uh, and you're earning enough money to live on now plus and not working all that much. How many, how much do you work in a, in an average week, like 20 hours or 30 hours, something like that? Yeah. About four hours a day for seven days a week. So okay. whatever that is. Yeah. 28. 28. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got there half a second before you, uh, but so it's like, okay, what's, what's enough? Like you said, so is, is the amount you're making and the impact you're having on people, is that enough for you or do you want to do more? And, uh, I think the answer to that question for you is that you want to do more. I do want to do more, but I also like enjoying spending time with friends and neighbors and in my community and paddle boarding at the lake and hanging out, you know, in the garden, working on the garden getting my mind, getting out of my head for a while and stuff like that. 
Yeah, but with working only four hours a day, you're doing those things, aren't you? Yeah. So you've kind of you've kind of drawn this line of okay, I'm going to work four hours a day, which is incredible, by the way, and um, and then the rest of your day, you're not going to focus on work. You're going to do these other things you like. And is that line where you want to? Is that the line you want to continue to draw for the next five years, ten years, twenty years? Right. Yeah. And from talking to you, I think that's a that's a good number for you. But are you thinking about cutting that back some? Not really. No, I just. <laughs> I, I like the four hours away from the family. <clears throat> There's another part of it. I, I mean, I goof off. I don't definitely don't work for four hours. I definitely spend a little bit of time just kind of goofing off. I've just been. Uh, I, I was pretty focused there for quite a while, and I've just the last like month or so, I've kind of sunk in since I went on vacation. I think is what it was. I kind of sunk into this leisurely, more leisurely attitude, and I just gotta get back out of it and get back into action mode. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So it's not that the hours or whatever is not the problem. It's like when, when it's time to work, you're struggling to actually get the work done. Yeah. I'm just, it's like starting the, the momentum starting to build into something that's going to start coming together and we'll see what, what it is. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about fear specifically. You know, we, we kind of focused on overwhelm, um, fear and there's a lot of like, um, you know, tangible, like exact things that people are going to be fearful of, especially if it's their first time with an online course or the first time like online business or, or doing something for yourself and being in front of camera and stuff like that. So, and that's, that's kind of one of the big ones that people have is fear of being in front of a camera. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you have that fear and do you still have that fear? Uh, yeah, I would say I did have that fear and I do still have that fear and it mostly shows up in like, uh, I say something and I know it was super dorky, so I'll just start over again, you know? Yeah. Or it just comes out ter like terribly wrong and I'll, have to, I'll just start over again. I'm like, oh, God, I'm an idiot. I'll just start over again. But it's 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 dumb. I mean, it's, it's just an ego issue and it's it's actually good to like to push forward on that and and overcome that because it helps you kind of shatter that ego a little bit in the process. It's like... I want to try and put stuff out that's a little bit dumb and goofy so that I can get up, keep getting over myself and, you know, keep removing that fear and pushing through it. I think getting over yourself is, uh, is, is the biggest and best way to get through something like that because it's like, I mean, nobody, if you take yourself too seriously with stuff like this, it's like nobody really cares. Like people, people don't have an emotion towards you. Um, if they don't know you, you know, you, you, you put yourself out there and you think people are just going to be like, oh my gosh, what is this guy doing? He sounds so stupid on camera and stuff like that. There's a really, there's a really good, really, really short book on Amazon. I think it's Amazon Kindle. It's free. Um, it's called the universe. The universe doesn't give a flying expletive about you. <laughs> you know about that one? Uh, -uh. um, the expletive starts with an F. So hopefully you can figure out what that is. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you can read it in five or 10 minutes, um, but it's been downloaded thousands of times, super popular. Uh, but it's just about like, you know, talking about how big the universe is and how little you are and like, don't take yourself so seriously. You're not on. And then like how short your life actually is. It's like, get over yourself, go do something great and don't worry about things so much. Yeah. Stop caring what people think. And especially that, and you've got to, you've got to do that when you're thinking about getting in front of the camera, when you're thinking about making an online course and putting yourself out there on the internet. Yeah. 
you know, because it, it's just not, you're not that important at the end of the day. Like it's, don't take yourself so seriously. You're going to get criticized. You got to just push through that fear and get over it. And it expands you as a person. It may like, you know, everything, everything that's harder that you, everything that you're fearful of, or that's hard. It expands your capacity once you chat, once you reach that point and are able to do it, you know? Yeah. And in terms of specifically being on, on camera, you know, I, I was very fearful of that at the beginning. My first videos, um, you know, my, my stuff's all about piano. So it was easy for me to just record videos that were just my hands and the keys and you never see my actual face. And so I did that for a while because I was scared to have my face on camera because I didn't, wasn't confident in my, you know, presentation ability, but also just like having my face out there on the internet and I, I thought coworkers would see it and they'd make fun of me and that's just uh, thinking way too much of myself, you know, just what we were talking about. And then um, I kind of moved into if I was doing anything besides my hands and keys, then it was more like screencasts, slideshows to where I was talking over it. And um, I, you know, I wish I would have gotten in front of cam uh, in front of the camera sooner because Every time I get in front of the camera, I'm better than the time before, right? Yeah. And I feel very comfortable in front of a camera today, but, that be, but that's because I have been in front of a camera hundreds and hundreds of hours at this point. And I, um, and I don't take myself as seriously and I know how to interact with the camera. You know, it's, it's easy. Me and you are looking at each other through the internet. We're looking at each other. We're having a conversation and this is very natural. I feel like we're, you know, we could be at the coffee shop across the street from my house right now talking about the same stuff. But when you're just talking to a camera, it's, it's a very different experience if you've never done it before, you know? Yeah. And it feels, it feels like it's people, an audience staring at you right at first. <laughs> like you feel that self-consciousness, but yeah, that dissolves over time. And it's just, it becomes natural and, and like, it's your buddy, you know, after a certain point. <laughs> yeah, it does. So a few pieces of advice for people that are um, maybe struggling with this or about to get into it and are worried about that. A couple of things. Um, first of all, for whatever reason, the camera, it takes away like 20, 30, 40% of whatever energy you have. So if we're just talking um, and I and I feel like I'm talking the same way in front of a camera, I'm not. Like it just, it takes away energy. So you kind of have to be a- Amp it up. You have to amp it up almost over the top when you're talking to the camera. That's just the way it works, right? Yeah. And then- yeah. Um, the other the other advice is just practice, 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 right? If you've never done this before, then maybe don't even turn your camera on and start talking to it and do your presentation or whatever you've got several times in front of the camera. Uh, I have you know a guy um, I'm helping here locally with his guitar course, and he he's he's pretty good in front of the camera. But one thing that happened to him, he was recording one of his pre-launch videos. And he, I think, forgot to turn on his camera or something like that, or the audio wasn't right. Some, something happened where the 30 minutes of, of footage was unusable. Mm -hmm. And he was so upset about it. And I would have been too. But here's the thing. I guarantee you the second time he recorded it was better than whatever the first one was. Right? Yeah. The, just the more you do this stuff, the better. And so, especially if you're just starting out, understand that you're going to have to do this several times. And maybe when you're practicing do turn on the camera in case you accidentally get a good uh, shot of it. But uh, just just practice, practice, practice. Yeah, just plan on doing each thing a few times. You know, if you're doing a little, shooting a little video about something, just do it three times and then pick your favorite when you're done. No big deal. Another thing that I find that helps me is 
is to really picture my um like the person I'm picture someone I'm talking to that I'm comfortable with. So I'll, I'll like p- picture that I'm teaching it to my little brother or that I'm teaching it to my, one of my good buddies. And I'm just talking to them like, okay, in my head, I'm like, okay, after I record this, I'm going to send it to my, to my buddy so he can put it into action. And that really helps me as well. Yep. That's good stuff. And put a little, uh, put a little picture of, of a person right by the camera if you need to, yeah. whatever is going to help. <laughs> and put a little beard on it and ears <laughs> on the side and, <laughs> yeah. and you can name it and cuddle it at night. <laughs> Too far? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. That's good advice. I might start doing that. The, the last thing I have in my notes here, and I think it's something you mentioned earlier in this conversation was um, fear of, of, will it de- deliver results, right? Will this make an impact on people and things like that? And, yeah. you know, one of the earlier episodes of this podcast, we went over the eight steps to, you know, creating your online course. And one of the last steps is actually creating, like recording and creating your course. There's a lot of things we do up front. And the one of the reasons we do um, the things up front before we actually do our course is to see if there's any sort of market feedback from this material. So for example, what you did with your stuff and putting out free microgreens videos on YouTube, first, you got some market feedback. You got a lot of views on those videos. You got positive comments. You got people visiting your website after viewing those videos. And that was, all of those were um, indicators that an online course would be successful and that people wanted it. Absolutely. And you you probably literally had people asking you for a course on this stuff before you created it. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. And they're asking me tons of different questions that like you'd have to have a course to answer all those questions. Absolutely. And having those questions um gives you inform- gives you ideas for things to put in the course that are going to be very helpful. Yeah. And so I've got people asking me for an online course on online courses, and all I can really offer them at this point is um, just a little bit of information I've got out there, plus uh, just you know one-on-one coaching, which is which is good too. But I know that I know that I'm going to sell at least one copy of this thing, you know, oh, yeah. and hopefully a lot more. Um, so there are things you can do ahead of time to to make sure that this is something that some uh, somebody wants. But if, the other thing is like don't don't expect like crazy results either. There's so much there's so many stories out there of just crazy success. You know, you launch something and then you check your bank account the next morning and you've got $120,000 in sales. Um those are those are the outlier, you know. I I feel like, you know, me and you are fairly successful at this stuff and that's so those that type of number is so far beyond where we are. Um but that's, you know, that people are drawn to stories like that. So that's why there's a lot of stories out there like that. You know, when, when somebody manages to do stuff like that, it gets a lot of uh, shares and, you know, people are paying attention to it. So, you know, this guy, this guy that I'm helping here with his guitar course, he, um, he, he kind of, he was selling his course at $97 before and he sold a few courses here and there and he was going through kind of a, like a relaunch like you did. And I had him bump up his price to two ninety seven, and and he launched it to his existing list. He doesn't have anything evergreen going or anything like that to capture new uh, new people. But he launched it to his old list, and he sold one course. And he was pretty pretty discouraged by that. But I was like, look, man, 
you sold something on the internet for $300 for the first time. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and I think he kind of, um, you know, once I said that, saw it a little bit differently and kind of looked more on the bright side. I, I was, I mean, I was hoping he would sell more, uh, but his list isn't very big. Um, and I think there's some things he could have done differently with his launch. Uh, but man, my first sale on the internet was $23. I was ecstatic. Yeah. Ecstatic. Absolutely. But when, when I make, when I make a $23 sale today, it's, it's kind of ho-hum, you know? Yeah, and another strategy that people, a lot of people are starting to do now, maybe they always have done, is you can have the basic framework for your whole course finished and you can create that first module and you can um, launch it with just that first module created so your risk is a lot lower and then you can just drip out the content and say it's a, it's a, that you get a new lesson every two weeks for eight weeks or something like that. So there's, there's things you can do to lower that risk a little bit as well. You could pre-sell it, say it starts next week, finish that first module after you sell some copies or, you know, or you can just gauge interest and send out an email and say, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Um, shoot, write, reply back and say, heck yes, if you're interested. This is what I've done with all of my products. I don't know if you saw that in the email I sent out with one of my new new YouTube videos um, a couple times ago. I told them I was thinking about making a course on my how I grow my salad mix all, all all on drip irrigation. And I got tons of people that wrote back and said, heck yes. So I saved all those. And when it launches, you know, I'll be writing all those people and launching it to the whole list. So, yeah, that's pretty motivating when you know, there's buyers before you put your course together. Yeah. And the other thing you can do is you can teach your course live and that way oh, yeah. you, you really don't have to put it together before you can say, this is going to be a live course. We're going to get on once, twice a week for however many weeks. And that way you can, you can put the content together each week. And that way you, if you don't sell any, then you didn't, you didn't waste your time putting the course together, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jeff Walker actually teaches that now. He, he teaches that as one of the components of his product launch formula is to do it live the first time around. And then you'll have, he does, it says over like five calls or five um, teleseminars or webinars and record them all and answer all people's questions. And there, boom, you have a course yeah. finished at the end, a six, five, six, eight hour course that you could use and then tweak to add extra modules to. Yeah. That's going to be easier if your course is, is very easy to present in like a presentation format. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. not going to work really well for piano, although the technology is getting better and better. I mean, you could do like guitar, you know, and the live streaming and all that's just blowing up. So, I mean, it's where well, there's a will, there's a way, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Nate, any other thoughts on fear and overwhelm around online courses? Just, I just always try and keep it as simple as possible. I'll, I'll make big plans and then as I get going, I try and just delete as much as I possibly can and just keep it simple the first time around. You can always make things better after they're finished, you know. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, where uh, where can people find you online, Nate? You can find me at microgreensfarmer.com. That's a good site. I've been there. It's a good site. If oh, you yeah. want to If you want to make some money from growing microgreens, then that's the place to go. And, uh, and of course my, uh, my course that my one course that exists on the internet today, um, you can, you can enter that funnel at piano in 21 days.com. Uh, but of course the, the, the more relevant website for you, if you're listening to this podcast would be the online course guy.com. And if you want more information about creating and marketing and selling your online course, that's the place to go. The online course guy. And we will talk next week. Sounds good. See ya.